The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of the Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. What's crack-a-lackin', everybody? I know you guys thought we just vanished. It's the summertime. Sports is going down to a little bit, not too many things that's interesting. Uh, but so we're taking our breaks and doing a little this, a little that, a little traveling, hanging out with the people, doing camps, uh, working with clients. So it's been a, a busy time for us since the NFL draft. But today, I have a couple guests on uh, that are near and dear to me. Uh, first, I have my bestie, uh, Maurice Perry. Maurice, what's up, bruh? What's going on, J.D.? Uh, what's, what's going good? on? Maurice, tell people where you're at now. Tell them where you're from, then tell them where you're I, at. I am pretty much virtually right in the middle of the country. I am in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Can't say that fast two times. <laughs> Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Yeah. All right. You suck. <laughs> uh, all right. And then also we have another guest that is not just a friend. Uh, I mean, business wise, everything. I mean, I love the passion and he keeps it 100 with me and I keep it 100 with him. And I mean, I don't want to walk in a place with him because I will never, ever get a lady. Uh, we have Mr. Cody Wilson. What's going on, Cody? <laughs> What's going on? Good What's to going see on, you, JD? I- Good to hear from you again. <laughs> Good to hear from you. What are you doing? You modeling? What, what's going on? What you up to, man? No, man, on my grind. We're, we're coaching down here in Idabel, Oklahoma, down in the corner in the armpit of Oklahoma, representing Choctaw Nation. All right. Now, uh, real fast, Cody, tell people about yourself. You know, I know it, but I want our fans to understand, and it, it gives a light to things that a lot of people are ignorant about. So, why don't you tell 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 me a little bit? Tell everyone about yourself. All right. Well, originally I'm from uh, Dallas, born and raised in Dallas and around Dallas. Uh, my dad, being of uh, Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma descent, my mom's Irish. Uh, we basically after high school, I was trying to make a decision as to what university I'd go to to play football and so on. Ended up choosing Haskell Indian Nations University. It's an all Native American college of about 1,100 students. Uh, per semester and uh, they're all native there is every tribe there's over 500 tribes usually represented there so now, it's a very special place now where's uh, Haskell located for those that don't know it's in Lawrence Kansas probably about three miles from the uh, University of Kansas uh, campus okay and your history so you went to school there and what else well I went to school there I played football there I ran track um, Ended up coaching there for three years voluntarily. Uh, Spent a lot of time there. You know, Haskell, I consider it my second home. Uh, Met my fiance there. 
we we have what we call a Haskell Rascal or a little boy. Uh, you know, <laughs> basically it, it's it's where a lot of what I've done from there started. I've coached in many Native All Star football games. I think this will be my eighth year, fourth year as head coach. Uh, coached in Zuni, New Mexico, in the Zuni Pueblo. Love that place. Love those people. One of the best, uh, two of the best football seasons I've ever been a part of. And uh, now I'm currently in Idabel working with a lot of uh, Choctaw Nation kids, which is my tribe. So everything that comes from Haskell is kind of a way for me to give back is keep working with Native kids, Native youth, because I see there's a need there. Okay. Now, I'm understanding there are some things going on. Uh, what's going on with your alma mater? Well, Haskell, the president and board of regents have recently decided to suspend the uh, football program, and it's actually, if you'll look back in the uh, history of it, you know, Haskell used to play and beat a lot of Division One universities when in school was early on. You know, Jim Thorpe was helping out. We had greats like John Levi. We had, uh, you know, the same type of system as Carlisle had when Jim Thorpe was there, and it was just a dominant school. It was the first school the west side of the Mississippi to have a stadium with lights. Mm. Um, these these two ladies donated quite a bit of money, I believe, in 1932 uh, to build a big stadium because supposedly Haskell was supposed to play for a national championship because they were undefeated and Notre Dame was undefeated. Notre Dame said they didn't want to come over and play. There's no stadium. There's there's no need to come play Haskell. They're not on our level. Something of that nature. So people got together and built this miniature version of Notre Dame Stadium. And we have the big arch out front. It's just a, it's an awesome place. Um, that it, it's it's very sad to see that, for some reason, we've our uh, our president and board of regents has come up with a decision to uh, suspend the program. And so the reason for suspension is what, Cody? Do you, are you <laughs> um, I, I've spoken with board of regents members. And I've spoken with the president. Uh, you know, the reasons are usually come to funding, but it's kind of hard to believe when tuition has gone up and all of these different things have gone up. Money has actually, the the income of the school has actually gone up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so it, to me, it's not adding up. Uh, you know, I wasn't physically at the meeting, but I can tell you it seemed to be that uh, you have an athletic director missing. You have no head coach in place, and you have no interim AD or anything like that. So then you present. Now would be the the best time to present to the Board of Regents why we should drop football when nobody's there to fight for it. You know, and none of us, uh, none of us knew that that was going to be coming at that Board of Regents meeting, or we would all showed up, you know, banging on the door. But now, uh, uh, now I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I had a quick question. Um, how much, like, is it a large student-athlete population at Haskell? I would say 60 to 70% of the students there are athletes. You know, 80, 80 of those being football players. So nobody gets free, you know, it's not free tuition. Everybody pays their tuition and everything. So you're talking about, you know, quite a bit of money if you just take the 80 kids that are on the football team, whether they're redshirted or playing or whatever the, the deal may be. You're actually taking a lot of money out by getting rid of football. Uh, just it doesn't make sense to me. We recently there's an article put out that the Seminole tribe, Florida Seminole tribe in uh, in uh, Florida, I'm trying to remember uh, Hollywood area, 
they uh, donated $100,000 specifically for Haskell football to help try to save the program. Well, they still said that that was not enough and we need to come up with more money. So, I don't know about you, Maurice, but doesn't that sound like a bad business deal? I mean, considering, you know, 80 football players paying tuition, what do you think, Mo? Well, it does. I mean, if, if like Cody said, if uh, 80% of the body are athletes and a good proportion of that is football team, of course, you know, and, and you know, with football in general, it doesn't matter where you go. Football is the biggest money generating sport. So, I mean, with concessions, with tickets and whatnot. So I, I just don't understand why that would happen and why the secretiveness um, and such a quick meeting. Yeah, and, and coming back with my history of having coached NAIA schools and Division three schools, private schools, and public schools, uh, the, most schools understand uh, to keep their student enrollment up, first of all, athletics is paramount to have. But secondly, they understand that football is the sport to keep, even though it, uh, like sports like swimming actually cost more per student athlete than actually football, but when you have 70 to 80 players every year or student athletes that's on campus that are paying tuition, those kids, I mean, you take the old kid away, you may actually have about 100 kids that would normally not be on your campus. So, you know, that's that's that's, that's a sad thing. So uh, is there any plans in place, Cody? What's going on in terms of you know, the football native community, uh, do you guys have a plan? Do they have a number for you all, uh, a monetary number that you're trying, that they're trying to achieve? Well, we, uh, th- there's quite a few of us. There's a, there's a Facebook page, uh, save Haskell football. We've got, you know, just tons of people reaching out and saying, Hey, what can we do to help tribes, tribal members, people who didn't even go to Haskell, but know people from Haskell. Uh, I, I spoke with the president, uh, just through Facebook messaging because we can't, we couldn't get a response in email. We couldn't get a response on uh, on the phone. So luckily, she responded to me on the uh, on the Facebook message, and she gave me a number of something like three point two million, which blew my mind. And I said, "What do you mean by that?" And she said, "Well, one million to turf the field, and there's two million worth of renovations for the stadium. Um, if you if you think about that stuff." it's a government funded facility the the school is so all of the the square footage actually brings in money you know it's mm-hmm. any any square footage that is utilized you get x amount of money for that so facilities is actually in charge of the upkeep and all that of the stadium and the you know the field itself to me you know I, I would love to have field turf but that's a luxury that's not a necessity same thing when you're talking about you know, a fancy stadium or this or that. We've got basically a historical marker of a stadium has been there for a long time. And, you know, we want the stadium to stay, but for us to raise the money, you know, they're, they're asking the alumni to raise the money for the stadium. The only things that were quoted that were football related were helmets. And she wanted, she said specifically helmet sensors, which that's again, another luxury. There's plenty of concussion protocol, but, uh, and then coaches, which I completely agree, but that's a large portion of what that uh, Florida Seminole money was supposed to be used for. 
Mm. That's a, a, a shame. It's, you know, again, like you said, there are certain things that are luxuries, and then there's necessities. Coaches, yes. Coaches go out, bring more kids, and you're not necessarily capped at 80 kids to have on the team anyway. Um, it, it sounds like it's a little bit more than what they're saying. I mean, this is just from an outside perspective. I hope everything that, uh, you know, see what we could do, you know, whether it's GoFundMe, things like that, uh, let me know. And I, I know you added me to the page, but I just felt like it was important to get the word out and see what we can do uh, to bring attention to this and, you know, reach out. Because I think that it's great for a college experience and um, just having the athletes that I've seen uh, having interacted with yourself and uh, Coach Clonch, I just think that this is a sad situation. And I'm glad uh, we had a, a venue to talk about it and discuss it besides the meetings and things like that. So thanks, Cody, for uh, bringing up about Haskell. When we get back, uh, we're going to take a break in a few. We're going to get back and we're going to talk some NFL, some NBA, and the sports world. And we had the guru, Coach Mo- Maurice Perry. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. And have Cody on. Cody's probably going to be the commercial for our timeout break. So uh, we'll be back in a bit. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. 
or send an email to JD Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, thank you, Samara, for bringing us back in. She just seemed like a Samara I wanted. Since we're talking about some ethnic things and things like that, I figure I typically give her an ethnic name. Um, but a couple other points that Cody made during break, I wanted to make sure it got out to everyone. Um, whether anyone knows it or not, Haskell is the only all-native representation in football uh, beyond high school. Um, and, I th- and also he said this is the first year in a very long time where they've had 14 seniors uh, and three have transferred already to other schools, which is a sad case. Um, and so whatever you guys can do to show some support or, you know, pull some strings that you have or pull some greens out uh, towards the program, I suggest that you do it. Uh, people with a voice got to make things happen. But on another note, it's been kind of quiet, but I'm missing it. The NFL. Mo P. Now, the offseason, we got the draft going, things like that. Who's your team? Who, let's go like this. Who's your division and who's your team? Who do you think going to do something this year? Well, you know, that's it's kind of tough right now because I'd like to see what happens in, in uh, training camp. But a couple of teams that of interest to me, uh, I, I want to figure out what's going on with the, uh, the Mad Hatter of the NFL with Chip Kelly and what's going on with his uh, personnel moves in the offseason. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that all uh, pans out. Uh, another interesting uh, team that I, I want to uh, pay attention to is actually Buffalo in the AFC East with some of the moves that they've made. Um, in terms of the NFC, NFC Central or North, um, believe it or not, you know, everybody thinks that Green Bay is pretty much, you know, going to take it again. I want to see what Teddy Bridgewater does with Adrian Peterson in the backfield. With Adrian back there, he's going to take a lot of pressure off his shoulders. It's going to allow him to play free. Going to give him that release valve, you know, catching balls out of the backfield and making plays in the flats. So it's going to be interesting Maurice, to see what happens. Maurice, one thing you're forgetting, they just added Mike Wallace who could stretch the exactly. field. They already had Cordell Patterson. Exactly. So you got those two guys on the opposite ends of the field with Adrian back there. I mean, it, it, that's going to be a tough task for teams to deal with, especially, you know, you got to figure Adrian is going to come back with a chip on his shoulder and he's going to run with a vengeance. So uh, those two teams, you know, well, three teams, Philadelphia, Buffalo and, and uh, Minnesota. I also want to see how Carson Palmer comes back. He, uh, Participated in some uh, workouts the last couple of days, and they said he looks good ahead of schedule. So we'll see what happens there also. Can't be forgotten about. Cody, what about you, brother? Who are you? What's your looks? What you thinking? What division? Just just in general, man, I'm always going to go with the Cowboys. But (laughs) (laughs) got to, man, hometown. But. The, some of the some of the interesting teams to me would be the Jets. Uh, you know, the Jets have done a lot this offseason, and and they've had a good squad. And you can't tell me they don't have one of the best defensive backfields in the in the league. And then also you got to go with the the ex uh, 
Super Bowl lost team, I guess you'd say, the Seahawks, adding Jimmy Graham to their offense, that's a scary deal. You know, that's that's a potential to be a really high-powered offense. So I, I like to watch them two teams, see what they do, uh, see if Rex Ryan can can uh, make some noise with the Bills, like Mo said. But uh, I still think the boys with the addition, Leo Collins and Randy Gregory and you know, they just signed uh, They signed a running back the other day. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, I think that they're going to be pretty solid up front. So that's always good to win the battle in the trenches. Absolutely. I'm, I'm similar to both of you guys. First of all, what Todd Bowles can do with a defense, and he has, like, Cromartie back there, uh, got Revis back, and then offensively with Brandon Marshall, things like that. I, I think he'll be – a little bit better quarterback friendly than Rex was, but not taken away from Rex because I think that whole AFC uh, East is scary. Uh, to be honest, I can't necessarily count New England out, but I can't say that they'll actually win. I mean, I think Buffalo is pretty loaded. I mean, their defensive front front four was already solid, uh, and then with the additions of, with the uh, linebackers and uh, then offensively. This is probably the most weapons that Rex has ever had uh, as a head coach. So I'm very interested to see what happens with that. Well, we uh, didn't one, mention the uh, AFC East biggest signing of the offseason, Miami Dolphins and Dominican Sue. I still think they're a few pieces away, though. Yeah, I, I agree, but I like the point of the AFC East. and I just wanted to get that shout out there. Uh, I think that he, yeah, he might make some changes right there. Yeah, it's definitely a loaded uh, division. Yeah, and and here's the thing: if they could get somebody to throw to on offense, then yeah, that that's definitely going to be a dogfight. One of the other teams that I've been kind of intrigued about, or the the division itself, is still the NFC West, Uh, because St. Louis wasn't a bad team last year. They're a misfortunate team, and I think there's a big difference. And I think with the addition of Gurley on top of Tavon Austin, you know, I, I could see them doing some things a little differently. Uh, teams that played them, you know, some of my friends are are coaching in the NFC West was like, hey, let's not sleep on them. They weren't bad last year. So uh, the Rams, the, and an interesting team to me is the 49ers, like, Nobody knows what they're going to be. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know if they made the necessarily additions. And another team that I'm going to stay out on the West Coast is the AFC West, is the Raiders. The Raiders aren't quite out of it. And to see what Peyton does with Denver could be very interesting with him. If, you know, if they're going to add the boots and stuff like that, which is ugly or hard to watch Peyton run, period. But then right. to watch him do a bootleg with that, you know, kind of duck run, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> so, guys, who, who are some of your hot players you think going into this year? Well, again, I, as I say, stated, I'm, I'm looking to see what Adrian Peterson does. Of course, you know, we're Bear, we're Bear fans. We're from the Chicago area. But uh, it's something about Adrian, especially coming back off of this, you know, well, from being out last year and all of the hate and vitriol that he's experienced, uh, you know, most of it rightfully so for what he did. But you know, I think he's going to 
use that as fuel to really look to get that 2,000 yards again. And that's a scary, scary sight. Maurice, you're, uh, are you our Stephen A. Beatro? Uh, <laughs> I can't even say or spell it, but you go ahead with your bad self. Just University of Illinois man. has done something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no, I mean, real talk. I mean, I, I think, I, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I think we all can agree. I mean, I think everybody wants to see what this dude is going to do because let's face it, before he got in trouble, that was the baddest man in the backfield in the entire league. And he has one year off where he didn't use his legs at all. So, I mean, what is he going to look, look like? I mean, this dude came back off an ACL tear after, what, eight months and wrecked the league? What is he going to do with a whole year and a half off? So that's, that's what I'm looking at. And I have to agree with you. A year and a half off with more weapons. Because you are not going to allow Mike Wallace just to run free and outrun your corner because just nobody in NFC can cover him, uh, NFC North. So he's going to stretch the field. And then you have Cordero who brings fear into guys because he could take that thing and go to the third gear and just off of a step. So I, 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 could, I could agree with you on that one. Cody, what you thinking about? Man, I'm a wide receiver by by uh, trade, so there's a couple cats I want to see. Uh, uh, Sammy Watkins had a great year, made a lot of big plays, uh, 65 catches, 982 yards, six touchdowns. I think he's posed to have a, a, a great sophomore year. And then also, um, I'm drawing a space on his name, but uh, oh, here it is, Brandon Cooks. From the Saints, mm-hmm. he's he has got the potential to have a breakout season this year. So those two guys, to me, would be fun to watch on offense. Well, you being a Cowboys fan, and we're talking about running backs, how do you think Demarco Murray is going to pan out in Buffalo? You know, especially with a Sammy a compliment of a Sammy Watkins and stuff like that. Uh, man. I thought you talking about Demarco Murray. He went to uh, Philly. Philly, Philly. I'm sorry. I'm fu- sorry. Uh, Lachey. Uh, yeah. Lachey McCoy. Oh, Lashawn McCoy. We've seen plenty of him the last few years. Uh, I think Lashawn McCoy is going to ball out wherever he's at. I don't think there's any question of what he's going to do. What about you, Reese? I, I think the same. I mean, again, he's kind of in that same uh, situation as as uh, Adrian with something to prove. You know, he's, he's still questioning why, you know, he get, he got the boot from Philly. You know, he was uh, get, given away pretty much. And I think he definitely has something to prove. And I, I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know if they play Philly at all preseason or, or during the regular season. But he's going to he's gonna do some things, definitely. I, and, I, and the I thing that I like okay. about his situation is he also has some good backups. So – you could keep them fresh and, you know, have them go throughout the game. Uh, whereas I, I'm, I think DeMarco Murray is going to be very interesting in Philly uh, because now Chip Kelly actually has that guy, even though he doesn't have – I don't – I think that he didn't do a good job of replacing Deshaun Jackson, which how do you replace a Deshaun Jackson? I don't feel like he got anyone nearly as explosive uh, – and so now people are going to load the box, but I guess he feels anybody can play wide receiver for him. He just needs that downhill back. So that's going to be very interesting. 
Absolutely. Uh, well, Jay, one one other thing that I wanted to throw out there was, and it's kind of you know going under the radar, but what is Andre Johnson going to do with Indy? True. It's going. We're going to know whether he lost a step or not. This is going to be the true the telltale. I, I think that that is a piece that Indy desperately needed. You know, that size, that strength at the receiver position. And it's just another target, you know, for that 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 gunslinger. But know? is it two years too late? I don't know. I don't know. But you, you cannot discount, you know, experience and working with younger guys and, and, and also uh, just, you know, make, making – Having that uh, that other option out there on the other side of uh, was it Wayne? No, uh, Hilton. Yep. Ty. Well, we're gonna go into break, but the person I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to the NFC North. So get your minds on it. So uh, we're gonna go ahead. Y'all go to the bathroom. Do what y'all do. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. We are broadcasting from the Phoenix studios at voiceamerica.com. Variety Channel, Going Global with Gas Man is the show that you are listening to. And joining me today is Sean Morley from the WWE, otherwise known as Val Venus, the big Val Boski. <laughs> Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also got a third identification as well. He Absolutely. Is Captain Cannabis. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the voiceamerica.com Variety Channel. Going global with gas. Man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, we're back. And as we went into break, uh, we were talking about players to kind of look out for. Uh, and some people with some targets on their backs or they're going to make or break a team, period. Uh, I have two that I'm going to throw out there, uh, both at the quarterbacking position. First, I'm going to go back to the city of Wynn, Chicago Bears. They did nothing really to address their depth. So with Jay Cutler... You have Brandon Marshall gone. Yeah, you picked up uh, the the guy from West Virginia, Kevin White. 
But to me, I don't know if that was an improvement from Brandon Marshall. You have a guy that you know what he could do in the league. Whereas you got, you know, you still have Alshon and now you have him. But we all know this. Can he last a whole season with the pressure he has on him? Well, I, I think that, you know, with uh, Fox coming in, I think the highest priority, I mean, Jay Culler is definitely high priority. Uh, they basically bought in for the virtually the next two seasons, I believe, with, with keeping them there. Uh, losing Brandon Marshall, I mean, it's, it's crazy how uh, split the city is on Brandon Marshall. Uh, you either love him or hate him. I particularly loved him. I think uh, he got a bad rap last year. He played most of the season injured. Uh, people want to point to his uh, comments, uh, probably directed at Jay, but that's a, that's the heart of a competitor, you know. So I I, I think that there, he's going to be sorely missed. But I, I believe that the the biggest thing for the Bears, man, and, and you know this, that defense is absolutely atrocious. So they really have to do something to address that. Which further makes me feel like if anybody they should have been trying to jump up for was Leonard Wilkerson. I felt like I agree with that. I felt like he was that difference maker. He was that Donald Kinsu for that three four defense that they're running now, or the hybrid hybrid of it, which he could play a three technique. He could play a nose. There's a lot of things you could do with him, but he was a dominant force, and they need to shore it up. And as Cody said earlier, and we know this, the game is won in the trenches. So you getting a guy like that, I think, is a definite difference maker with the first pick. I felt like the receiver, they could have waited on, and they could have waited to get rid of Brandon Marshall. They could have got a better trade for him, things like that. But what's done is done. The pressure is on Jay. And the other person that I feel that is going to be under a lot, a great deal of pressure is going to be Jameis. Um, Lovey put his neck out on the line with this one. And I don't know about you guys, and I've said this before. You know, it's kind of like this. When your boss, when everybody else that's in ownership is not necessarily 100% on board with a decision, but you have the power to do it, you better believe everything that guy does is on him. I don't think the issue is going to be this season. I think the issue is the second season after he gets a little bit relaxed and the honeymoon's over. What do you guys think about Tampa Bay? Oh, man. They've got some, they've got some receivers. Again, let's always go back to that. He's going to have somebody to throw the ball to. You're talking about Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. I mean, they made plays last year, and as long as he's – in the pocket and, you know, not making bad decisions. I think the, the same argument for, you know, the Mariota-Winston deal will come into play. You know, does he throw a lot of picks? Will uh, will Mariota pan out and, you know, play completely different? I think a lot of it hinges on as much on Mariota and how he does for Winston, and then, you know, as it does for him himself. See, I don't think Mariota has the same type of pressure. Uh, because he doesn't. He doesn't. I'm just yeah, saying that, that if if Mariota ends up being, you know, having a good rookie season, and Winston comes out and throws picks, or you know, has some years maybe like Geno Smith, or um, 
any of the recent rookie quarterbacks that kind of struggled early on, he's going to feel even more pressure. That's all I was. Oh yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I feel like he doesn't. I feel Mariota doesn't really have anyone to throw to. He doesn't really have anyone to hand off the ball to. I feel like Winston, I think Mike Evans is a baller. I think Vincent Jackson uh, has is kind of, I think he's slowing down. Um, but my concern is with him uh, there is, will he be protected? You know, I think the pressure's on him defensively uh to stay or uh, to stay up on his toes has never really been about the skill guys it's been about that front line and that's where i felt like Mariota would have probably have been a difference maker for him well and i think if you hand the rock to uh doug martin who had a great year two years ago hand the rock to him and take some of the pressure off him as well you know get that run game established yeah it's, it's definitely going to be interesting and, you know, New Orleans is looking like they're about to bow out pretty soon. Uh, the Panthers, they're a toss-up, you know, losing Greg Hardy. Uh, we'll see what, you know, offensively, Carolina will be good. Atlanta, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be interesting. So uh, they, he very well could squeak out, you know what I'm saying, in terms of just because their division is still – on a decline to me is not really on an incline. What, what's well, your thoughts? I, I, I kind of see in, uh, you know, this season pretty much panning out just like last season where it's just a division full of mediocre teams exactly. where, you know, Tampa as bad as they played last year, they could have, you know, you got to realize looking back at last season's game, I mean, uh, last year's season for Tampa, they lost a couple of games by only a few points. You know, as, as bad as they played. so and, and they were still in contention for winning the division late in the season. You know, with, uh, I don't know what they finished, 7-9, and 6-10, and something like that. But it was just a bad division. And I, and I see it playing out pretty similarly uh, this coming season. You know, like you said, Carolina, they lose a lot on defense. Atlanta... You know, Atlanta just seems like when it comes down to big games, as much as I like Matt Ryan as a team, they just can't answer the bell, you know, during the big, big games. And, and New Orleans and New Orleans is, is very interesting because they just it, it just seems like they fell off rather quickly without any notice. You know what I'm saying? It, it just seems mm -hmm. like, you know. One season, they're contending for a Super Bowl. Next season, they're just in the middle of the pack. And, and Drew Brees, you know, throwing a ton of picks uncharacteristically. So, again, it's going to be one of those, uh, another season where teams are just, you know, crazy mediocre. Yeah, I, I think New Orleans is searching for our identity. I think when they had the weapons like a Reggie Bush, then going from him to Darren Sproles, then you had your Powell, you know, your downhill pound back with Ingram and people like that. And their receivers never were really burners. They were just big, strong guys that caught the ball well. And so I think that now with the age and then, to me, it seemed like they were giving up when they gave let Jimmy Graham grow, go. I mm -hmm. felt like, you know, they're throwing in a towel and preparing for what's down the road. You know, you don't want to say that, but it just it seems like a uh, team in crisis. 
for lack of better words. But speaking of crisis, we're, we got the NBA going on, the championship season, right? Championships on the line right now. What team were you look, uh, rooting for, Cody? And what do you think of the series? Uh, honestly, once Dallas was out, again, I'm, I was, my season was over, so I didn't really... I, I like watching uh, the Warriors play. I just like the way they play, but obviously not the last couple games. Um, I, that was originally who I'd like to see win it. Um, you know, Cleveland has played strong without some of their key components, so, you know, you've got to give it to LeBron James, uh, even with all the haters in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they, he's playing solid ball. I think he's averaging 40, I think 12 and 8 or something like that. You know, he's he's doing big things. So you got to give him his due. But the Warriors are going to have to find a way to to either set more screens or, or figure out a way to move without the ball because to me it just seems like they're not getting as many open shots as they have in the last bunch of series. So Let's give Cleveland his credit due. They are playing clutch defense. The point guard is all over stuff. Um, Reese, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, initially I had uh, picked Golden State in five. Uh, of course, that's changed. But, you know, one, one thing that I find kind of funny is that uh, seems like the media is pretty much saying that Golden State is up against the proverbial wall that it's a tough mountain to climb, that Cleveland has, you know, a death grip on this series. And when you look at it, the series has been nip and tuck. Besides, you know, Golden State falling behind by 20 late in the third last night, you saw how they came back. And I I really believe they found something in that fourth quarter. Uh, Going into game four, as everybody's been saying, you, you can expect to see David Lee on the floor some more. But what Cleveland has been doing, doing, and you pointed it out, they've been hedging out on the screens and picking rolls and, and jumping on uh, Steph and not allowing him to get good looks. But with David Lee involved in the screen and roll with Mozgov, it's going to make Mozgov make a decision. And if he wants to jump out, out hard, okay, that's cool. Dump the ball down to David Lee and let him go to work. And I believe that, you know, he hasn't played that much this year. His legs are fresh. He's healthy. He's been dealing with injuries the last couple of years. So I think that he could be a key catalyst in turning this thing around. So I have Golden State winning game four and going back to Golden State and taking game five. So I have mixed feelings about this series. Um, during the Super Bowl weekend, I had an uh, opportunity to meet Mark Jackson. For, and I'm going to start off with that. Uh, strong Christian guy. Really like him. Uh, had Talked to him for about five, ten minutes. And, I mean, first of all, he's handled this whole situation with class and grace. Uh, and I do give Steve Kerr credit for acknowledging, hey, Mark Jackson put this team together. Um, I was going for Golden State, and it was more about Stephen Curry and just what his brand represents. I mean, just good guys, you know, uh, good guys. uh their shooting has been unbelievable, and it's funny. They're coached by Steve Kerr, of all people. Um, but to see, I, I thought that they, I, wanted, I was going for them, uh, but it seems like the guys in Cleveland are playing like, guy, like dogs backed against a wall. 
Uh, they're swinging, and they're. I think Tristan Thompson or Thomas is making people scared to take shots in the paint. He uh, just watching the first half of this game and the last couple games. People aren't just really attacking. You know, they're feeling like, you know, it, it just seems like they don't want any parts of what's going on in there. And so for that, I think it's putting um, Golden State in a bad situation. So, well, you know, the thing is, Golden State can't back away from that. They have to continue to attack. The four, four out of the five starters, you know, only four free throw attempts the entire game last night. That you can't have that. You can't yeah. have that at all. Yeah, you got to attack the bucket. So we're going to go and take a break, and we will holler back at you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to jdharris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, we're back, and uh, we're back at the point of the show that everybody likes. Houston? Houston, we have a problem. And my Houston, we have a problem, is the officer in Dallas with the pool party. Uh, The man cave is much more than just sports. We talk about social issues, health issues, um, just to see all the craziness that's going on in the world um, and to see this officer lose it. I don't care what happened before then, the information and the things that transpired at that time needs to be spoken about. And it was no reason for him to draw a gun, nor was it any reason for him to stick his neck, I mean, his knee on the girl's back of her neck and head and in a a bikini. She wasn't carrying anything. And people have the right to talk. They weren't cursing at him. Uh, He just, he lost control. So whatever happened before that, 
okay, yeah, you can break up the party, you can be mad, but the rest that goes with it, yeah, Houston, we have a real problem. So, but anyway, getting back into sports, uh, Cody had to go, you know, his team is in spring ball, things like that. But Reese, you still there? You didn't, you didn't bail on me, did you? No, I'm still here. I'm All right, serious. so speaking of this championship series, uh, it's a lot of people for, and again, for not much reason at all, they seem to take real issue with LeBron James. There's a lot of people that seem to hate on him. And from my perspective, and usually I'll let you go, but I'm going to go from my perspective first because this is eat me up. Again, I'm a Jordan, Kobe fan. LeBron, to me, is one of the best athletes out there. Being the best athlete doesn't mean you're the best leader. Even though I think he has great leadership abilities, I every I feel like people want him to be Michael Jordan. They want him to be Magic Johnson or Kobe Bryant. Why can't he just be LeBron James? So I'm going to start off with that. Reese, talk to your boy. Well, you know, like you said, uh, I was a big Jordan fan, you know, growing up in the Chicago area, watching all six championships. And I believe he is the GOAT. But I believe that, you know, basketball purists look at LeBron, you know, and they they take note of his talent. They, they'll even, you know, say that he's the greatest player in the world right now. But the one thing that they hold against him and that they will always hold against him is him leaving Cleveland to go chase after a title. So no matter what LeBron does on the floor, no matter what LeBron does from this point on, he will always be judged in the annals of basketball history as, yeah, he's great. But to get his first two, he had to leave his city to go get it with other superstars instead of sticking around like Mike and and Kobe, allowing guys to come to him and and building a a team that way. And then, you know, he returns back to Cleveland, you know, getting that championship uh, pedigree and you see what he's doing today. So I think that's the one thing that people are holding it uh, against him. And, and see, for me, I look at it like this and going what you said. Yeah, Mike, the people came to Mike. But Chicago is a place that people will want to live. If you had the chance to go to Miami for a lesser salary in some cases or more salary, and state tax, for you know, free state tax. I get it for LeBron. I have no, I take no issue with that. That's mm-hmm. a big business decision. It's a brand decision. Cleveland is miserable. I don't <laughs> know how many free agents. Mo, you visited me in Cleveland when I was with the Browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you, I, I couldn't blame him for taking such approach to going and i I look at mike okay they were uh they were romancing charles barkley they were romancing dennis rodman and let's not forget that uh your boy whatchamacallit from cleveland ron harper was a decent star before his knees got injured so he was still considered a, a, a premier player in the league when he came to chicago so mm-hmm. I think the judgments on LeBron aren't necessarily warranted or fair. 
No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I'm just telling you what, what uh, I, I believe people think. Uh, I had no problem with LeBron making a business decision. You know, ultimately, that was a business decision. And you can't hate on any man for making the decision for himself and his family. But I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, hate and malice that was stored up that first time with the, the way that he left. And again, that's one of the things that people are uh, not going to forget. But also, I mean, you know, even when we lived in Chicago during those, in the Chicago area during those 90s, we were living in a bubble, okay? Inside of that bubble, we believe that Mike, MJ, was the greatest, you know, know how could anybody hate on him, look at what he's doing. But outside of that bubble, there's, there are legitimately a lot of people that hated Michael Jordan, felt that he got away with you know, murder, that he got away with a lot, got all the calls and whatnot. So, I mean, you, you kind of see a similar instance today, you know, with, with LeBron and, and the hate that's coming his way. Yeah. So are you there, Reese? I'm, I'm here. OK, we had some technical difficulties, but yeah, I. I yeah, we we were spoiled with Mike and Scotty, and I mean, we forgot we had Robert Parrish come, things like that. Guys, I think going back to it, people were upset, but LeBron really, if you think about it, he hasn't. He's not doing anything controversial. He's never. He hasn't been in trouble. He hasn't been. I think he represents uh, wherever he's been well, and. He's been good for those communities. So I wish people stopped hating on the guy. Yeah, but uh, he can go ahead and lose these next two games. So. Yeah, hey, I'm not going to lie. Reese, <laughs> I, I mean, his greatness has shown up in these two games. Oh, I, I, I agree. I agree. And really the entire playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they virtually, he's like a Adrian Peterson attacking the hole. Like he goes in. And people don't want any part of what he got going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he and just you could just see like his gift as an athlete. See him when he's running down court. I'm just I'm just amazed. I'm like, man, I wish he was still playing football. I mean, it's it's that athleticism on top of the high, the extremely high basketball IQ. Absolutely. And, and can we know he's coaching that team. Yeah, well, he he's definitely uh, uh, head coach number two. I think know. he's number one, and <laughs> and Plaque is just there because as a someone as his puppet. But when he Look, needs, man, help, I, I can't I can't disrespect Black like that. This dude, uh, he's won sixteen Euro titles, sixteen uh, Israel League, I, I guess titles. So I'm not. I'm not going to disrespect him that way. Put he it, has a, put it like this: Who will go first, him or LeBron? If LeBron want him gone, oh, is he gone? Oh, of course. I mean, that's that's in sports general. I mean, who who's getting paid the most? LeBron, you know, that's what it's all about. City. But on that note, Reese, man, I'm glad you came on. I've been trying to get you on for a minute, so we gonna have to get you back on. I know you over there. Take care of the fam, but bruh, it's a pleasure having you having you come on the K today.
Man, it's been a pleasure over here myself. You know, I'm glad you invited me. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to do this again. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and we will holla at you. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon. We'll be right back.